You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we have John Kegley, one of the original members on the show, on with us. And we got started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, it was a nice little victory lap Chargers fans got to take on Monday watching all of the national media, you know, eat some crow a little bit, especially those predicting that Chiefs and Chargers games. But it is nice seeing the Chargers getting the credit that they deserve after that big win. But welcome to the show. A special thank you to those who are checking it out for the first time today. And before we get started, you guys can follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we wanted to get to some good quotes from Brandon Staley. And over the last couple of days, we've heard some good nuggets come out. So talk about Drew Tranquil getting a shout out from Brandon Staley, which was nice to hear after his good game. And also Justin Herbert being a gangster quarterback. And then we'll get into the segments we love to get into every week. And that is what went right and what went wrong. So we'll start with what went wrong so we can end with what went right. And of course, there were still some things that went wrong for the Chargers, the run defense to start things. I mean, that was the obvious one, but there was also there was also a lot that went right for the Chargers in a game where they beat the Kansas City Chiefs the way that they did, right? Because the way that they did it was important too. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, guys. Well, there was some things we didn't get to talk about yesterday just because we were getting into the recap and there were so many crazy plays in that game. And one of the things that we kind of glossed over was the fact that Brandon Staley in his post-game press conference was talking about the team and he just said, we're lucky we have a gangster quarterback. And it was just one of the best things that's come out of Brandon Staley's press conferences. And like that's saying something because I mean, he's the only coach I've ever really looked forward to hearing him talk at the podium. But that was something I thought was really cool. He also said that Keenan Allen runs routes like a gangster as well. Thank you to all the Chargers beat writers coming out with what Brandon Staley and these guys said in the press conference today, just because it was not made public. So Fernando Ramirez, Gilbert Manzano, Thank you guys for giving out some of those nuggets. David, I also just liked what he had to say about putting the ball in his quarterback's hands in that situation at the end of the game, going against conventional wisdom, going for it on fourth and nine. And I mean, consistently throughout the season, they've been going for it on fourth down, even when we wouldn't necessarily expect it, right? Even if it's fourth and four plus or fourth and nine, it hasn't seemed to matter much. They're consistently putting the offense in the best player's hands in Justin Herbert. Even when Staley was on Colin Coward's show today, he was saying, I trust Justin Herbert. I wanted him to be the decider in the game. So it's just weird to hear all this positivity about the Chargers quarterback, especially coming from Anthony Lynn, who you didn't really hear a ton of compliments about Justin Herbert. I mean, of course, uh, to Anthony Lynn, he, he's a backup for a reason. But, of course, we all know by now that that was the biggest lie of the entire century because Justin Herbert is a gangster. That's what the new head coach is calling him. That's because that's what he is. Justin Herbert is, as he also put it, the best player on the field. He was making some incredible throws. And in in that situation as well, with the wind just swirling out of control, 30-mile-an-hour winds, you want to put the ball into your young quarterback's hands and allow him to go out there and make the best decision 
to try to win the football game. He did that on multiple occasions, did Staley, and Justin Herbert made him look like a very, very smart man. Every coach says they trust their players. It's another thing when they get put in positions where they have to prove it. Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert both did that. Yeah, and it just does a lot for the entire team and the offense. You know, when your coach has that much faith in you, I do think that plays a factor when those situations are going to come up. And he's right. Justin Herbert's a gangster. Keenan Allen made some ridiculous catches yesterday. I mean, not just even the touchdown from him, but he had some like eight-yard passes that were just absolutely ridiculous catches. But I did want to touch on what Brandon Staley said about Drew Tranquil, John, because that was a pleasant surprise from yesterday's game is Drew Tranquil had a lot more snaps. I think he had 30-plus snaps in yesterday's game, some of those coming at the expense of Kenneth Murray snaps, but it was a noticeable difference with Drew Tranquil on the field. I mean, it just seemed like he was all over the place making plays yesterday, and Brandon Staley said they need all three of their linebackers, and he was actually upset he couldn't get Drew Tranquil in on more plays yesterday. When we did our show earlier in the preseason where we were talking about which groups we think were the strongest, I remember I brought up that it would be the linebackers, and it's because of how much depth we have in them. And you saw just how much we can rely on another linebacker that's not Kenneth Murray. We can rely on a Drew Tranquil. We can rely on all these other guys. And you saw when Drew Tranquil came in, he had like eight total tackles in this game, I believe. Yeah. And he even shared a sack with Joey Bosa. Like He was getting in there. He can provide stuff. You just got to rely on stuff that's not just your number one guy. And Staley does that. And when they do that, you can see that Staley's face just lights up and he goes, hey, I got another playmaker. I want to use this guy more. And then he starts getting this hard decision of, okay, how do, I, how do I make this guy get more playing time without taking away from this guy? And right. as a coach, that's what you want. You want to be able to go, okay, this is hard because I actually have playmakers now. So it's a good argument for the coach to have. But the fact that they're calling some of these players gangsters now, does that is that the new nickname we have now? I remember we had the Jack Boys. I believe Stevie <laughs> Johnson called the wide receivers the aliens. Are we? Do we have the gangsters now? Just like a gangster squad or something like that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a, part of Brandon Staley's vernacular, but yeah. It might yeah, be the new yeah. nickname now. It might be the new uh, slogan. I mean, the way that Brandon Staley says it, right? Like, it just you can tell that's one of the highest compliments that he can pay one of his players, right? Drew Tranquil should have got one of those. Yeah, I mean, Drew Tranquil was a gangster, especially, you know, on a couple of plays. I mean, that play where he blows up the screen pass, gets a tackle for loss. John, you talked about the half sack that he had. With Joey Bosa, which I fully thought at first was just a full Joey Bosa sack, but eight total tackles, six solo tackles, and one of those being, you know, chasing down Patrick Mahomes when he scrambled on a play and held it to like a two yard gain. Like it was just stuff like that. And he just. He brought juice, bro. He, he brought he just juice brought for juice sure. to the party. 100% brought the juice for the Chargers defense. It was just so noticeable when he was out there. He just seemed to be always making plays. And let's not forget that we all assumed 100% that he was going to be the starter to start the season. I mean, we didn't think it would come at the expense of Kenneth Murray, but we did think he would be out there starting. He showed he needs to be out there a lot more on Sunday. I mean, that dude is getting wasted on the Chargers bench, and he's more than just a special teams ace. And we saw that from him even as a rookie. It was surprising he didn't win the job coming out of camp. Kazir White played great, but you have to think the first round part of the whole thing with Kenneth Murray is definitely playing a factor. Then again, Brandon Staley in the past has showed he will play guys who were undrafted, right, and not play some guys who were drafted by the team. He did it with the Rams last year on that defense, sitting guys who had, you know, been high draft picks for much less notable guys and got better results. So that'll be interesting. But Drew Tranquil, we talked about wanting to see him more. He definitely proved why on Sunday against the Chiefs, hoping we can see him more going forward. But 
The other couple of things I want to touch on quickly here is just Derwin James, according to Joey Bosa, had to pop his shoulder back into its socket. That's why he had to leave the game. Savage move by Derwin James. And Joey Bosa, it was nice to hear him say that his foot injury, because we now know it's a foot injury, felt better after this past game than it did coming out of the Dallas Cowboys game. So for him to do what he did with that injury is crazy. But we'll save that for what went right. But coming up next, we have to get into what went wrong. And we're lucky enough to have the expert in all things wrong, John Kegley, on the show with us. Very excited about that. And we'll get into that right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about an incredible app that everybody needs to know about if they buy gas. And it's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore, guys. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other good brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. I just need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, and that is BetOnline.ag. Right now is the best time to be betting, guys. It's football season, and there's so many great Chargers bets and just bets all around the NFL for you guys to choose from. One of the great things about BetOnline is that there's a ton of other contests and stuff that you can get in on as well where you can bet a little and win a lot. So make sure that you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. At BetOnline, there are so many different ways that you guys can be betting on the games on Sundays. It just brings a different element to the game and you can bet on boxing, UFC, football, basketball, even Vegas casino games. And, I mean, one bet I had told you guys about earlier on in the season, Asante Samuel Jr. for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Two picks in. I mean, it's not looking bad, right? So there's some great Chargers futures that you guys can go on there and look at as well. And you're only going to find it at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON to double your initial deposit. All right. Well, now it's time to get into what went wrong. And for as big of a win as it was for the Chargers, I mean, there's plenty of things where you can look at it and say, The Chargers need to do better at that going forward. So we always like to touch on some things the Chargers can improve on or some troubling trends going forward. And today we have the expert, King Kong of Wrong. John Kegley is back on the show for a What Went Wrong segment. So, John, your highness, what went wrong for the Chargers on Sunday against the Chiefs? Well, what didn't go wrong? So many many things to get into. Negative Nancy. (laughs) In my defense, I came up with the idea for this segment because as a coach, you were always focused on the wrong stuff after a win to make sure that you could fix it and become more better. So, if the more Chargers better? want to become more better, yes, this is the quote we used Mo to better. say. This is the quote we used to say to be funny because we used to use bad grammar to be funny. Like we used to say, "Where you was when someone was late to practice." So, if the Chargers want to get more better, get rid of this illegal shift penalty, please. It is not that hard to make sure both guys are set and ready for one second, and then hike the ball. It is not hard to do. It's cost us two game-winning touchdowns already in two weeks. It's going to kill us the rest of the season if we do it. We've already, we're already seeing a trend happen. You, you need to knock this trend in the butt quickly, or else you're going to start having a lot more of these really bad 
end of game type of situations that make it to where, okay, we could have won. We could have won. We should have won. Let's just win the game. Don't get that penalty. Two more legal shifts on Sunday. And it was, you know, eerily similar to what happened against the Cowboys where you get a touchdown, call back. You have to end up kicking a field goal instead, and then you end up losing by a field goal instead of getting those extra four points of the touchdown. Chargers have it happen again, this time to Gabe Neighbors on the little flip pass. You also had the huge fourth down in the first half, which would have kept points off the board for the Kansas City Chiefs. Illegal shift brings back a 30-yard gain from Keenan Allen. You're not always going to get away with them, right? I mean, if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over as much and you're still committing those penalties, I mean, it's a totally different outcome in this game. So, yeah, that was huge. The Chargers are motioning a lot more this year than they have in years past. I mean, that's not an excuse. You're going to get more of that, but the amount they've had so far is just egregious. And it's so easy to see how impactful those are because it's already cost the Chargers a game in one example, right? And took back more impact plays in this last game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, David, I think there's a big one that you're going to be going with. What are you going with first for what went wrong? I mean, how could you not go with the run defense, right? The run defense was absolutely atrocious again in this game. Now, with some context, right? Brandon Staley wants to make sure that the plan of attack for them on offense is to initiate death by a thousand paper cuts. They really want to make them drive the length of the football field, and they play lighter boxes and allow them to run, and they are definitely taking advantage of it. The Chiefs in this game ran for 186 yards on 30 carries. That's 6.2 yards per carry, which is unbelievably bad. Uh, like That just cannot continue. Now, what you did to Patrick Mahomes, which is in the what went right, is definitely a byproduct of what you did, but they still need to fix that rushing attack because there are teams that are going to be coming up on this schedule, Daniel, that are going to run the ball down the Chargers' throat, and they're going to make them stop it, and the Chargers have to be ready to do that. I mean, well, we already saw it. <laughs> in, it just happened. In, in the Chargers' defense, they did not give up a play of over of 30 or more yards, which is what you got to do against the Chiefs. But, man, you're going to hurt your own defense eventually if you don't start making a play on that run game. At least, like, get a stop in behind line of scrimmage on first down. If they run the ball, make it a second and 13. Like, make it a lot more obvious that they're going to pass the ball so you can just cover all the receivers instead of having to also play the run. Make it a lot better for your defense to get off the field and not be tired the whole game. One in week one, it's, you know, Antonio Gibson's a good running back, right? And, I mean, the Washington football team had a very good day rushing the football. You're like, okay, maybe it's not as bad, but that was definitely a bad showing. Then it got totally exposed and was probably the number one reason, you know, 1A, 1B with penalties, why you ended up losing to the Dallas Cowboys, who ran the ball down their throat the entire time. This was the most concerning one because the Chiefs were not a good rushing team. They were like the worst rushing team in the league going into this. You still allowed 6.2 yards per carry to them. That's egregious. And I know, you know, Brandon Staley was taking away the Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, and they did a pretty good job after the first drive of not letting him, you know, get any first downs on the ground. That I thought they did a good job with. But it's been the entire season. This isn't just a one-game anomaly. They're the worst in the league. They've given up the most rushing yards Per game in the league, 170 rushing yards per game. They've given up 510 yards. The next closest is the Chiefs, who have allowed 481, right? The next closest to them in average yards per carry, because they've been giving up on average 5.8 yards per carry in 2021, is the Chiefs at 5.4. There's only two teams in the league besides the Chargers that have given up 
more than five yards per carry. So it's been a huge issue. They've been able to get around it, and some of that is built in. But we're seeing the most you know, extreme part of that. You, you, no matter what your game plan is, you're never you know, planning on giving up six yards per carry. But, John, what else do you want to touch on on what went wrong? It's got to be Jalen Guyton. I forgot he had such a good first year last year. And this year he's become like, I think David said it best, stone hands. Jalen Stonehands Guyton. He's <laughs> dropping big plays. He had a ball right in his hands. you got to catch these balls to become that extra weapon the Chargers have. The Chiefs have all these weapons on their team, and they're probably about to get Josh Gordon. we got to have that extra weapon as well, and you got to be making these catches. Even if the guy barely gets a hand on it, that ball hits your hands. You got to be stronger than that and make that play. That, that play's been bothering me this whole like past couple of days. It's been bothering me because we should have had that big play. And he got one opportunity, John. He got one opportunity to make a big play in that game. The one target that he gets hits him directly in the hands, and he cannot come down with the play. That also would have put the Chargers up by three scores at that point. So Jalen Guyton absolutely has to start catching the football or else he's going to see the little opportunities that he currently has dwindle even further. Like What's he our... took the, the he took T Billy spot on this roster and he could catch that ball. I guarantee you would have caught that ball. So come on, you got to show you deserve that roster spot. We've, you've already got a lot of fans sitting here going, why is T Billy on the team? Well, Guyton needs to show, Hey, I deserve that spot. Look at this. I can catch the ball. Show it. Prove it to everybody. I think it's tough now because Jalen Guyton is the only legitimate deep threat speed guy the Chargers have on their roster. And he's not even, you know, one of the fastest dudes in the league. I mean, he's pretty fast. He's definitely the Chargers fastest receiver. But it's a little bit different, right, when you're the only guy. And when you're on the field, you're not going to trick other teams by getting behind the defense again. Like, they know why you're on the field to stretch the defense to catch the deep ball and the drops seem more egregious when you don't have those deep touchdowns to kind of make up for it. So I don't think that's a terrible call there, but the last thing I'll touch on here is just giving up points on four straight drives. I mean, when the chargers seem to be spiraling, the Kansas city chiefs got four drives where they put up points on every drive, including at the end of the first half, they get the field goal and then they go on to three consecutive touchdown drives coming out of halftime. I mean, I understand the chargers also had four turnovers, right? which helps a lot of that because they ended four other drives that way. But that was just a stretch you don't want to see from the Chargers going forward. But obviously, you seems know. like the third quarters have been really bad, man. It just seems like the third quarters so far. Just giving up points at the end of the first half in period. I mean, you don't do that. You probably don't give them that momentum in the third quarter. Almost every single team has had momentum going into the third quarter against us this year. I mean, I, you could. I think every team has. I mean, even the Ezekiel Elliott, you know, almost touchdown, like, it felt like a moment where it was like, okay, like the Cowboys are about to start scoring some points. It was a freak play, but like, yeah, I agree. I mean, every game so far, something bad has happened at the end of the first half. So that has to change and just, you know, four drives giving up points. Something's got to step in. You got to get a third down stop, something in the middle of that to stop it, you know, from getting out of control. But we do have one more segment to get into because there was also a ton of great stuff that happened in this game. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that if you ever need any kind of auto part, there's only one place to go, and it's rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? When you have a computer and access to rockauto.com, and why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com 
a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the best price with rockauto.com. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, well, now it's time to get into the silver linings, right? Which, I mean, isn't really even a silver lining after that game. I mean, there was more right that went happened for the Chargers than wrong for sure. But I will start with, you know, the more positive of the two of you to start this one. So, David, I think there's a ton of things to choose from. I think there's a ton of players you could choose and just say, hey, this dude stood out during this game. But where are you going to start things with what went right? So much to choose from, man. That's such a good Truly. feeling when you just look around this game and you're like, man, I like that. Oh, man, I like that. Oh, oh I like that. Man, I love that feeling. But for me, it, I think the biggest thing that the Chargers needed to improve on and that they did so emphatically in this game was their red zone efficiency. It was absolutely paramount in beating this Chiefs team. You absolutely cannot trade field goals for touchdowns. I said that before. The Chargers played the Chiefs, and the Chargers go out there, and they score touchdowns on four of their five red zone trips. It's a huge reason why the Chargers won this game. And I'm pretty sure my bold prediction was five red zone touchdowns, and we got four. So, uh, wait, I'm not too far off with my weird. I'm not too far off with my weird predictions, my friend. I mean, this was the week where I told you how wild it was that I thought that you picked something that could actually happen. Let's not forget about that part of it, because that was the only shocking thing about your bold prediction is it seemed possible in the realm of football. But yeah, I mean, it goes even, you know, hand in hand with the run defense being bad, because if teams are going to limit your possessions like the Dallas Cowboys did, and even now that loss seems like a better loss on your resume, right, with what they did on Monday Night Football and how close they were with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. Not a slouch, the Dallas Cowboys. But when you look back at that, though, when you you only got seven possessions offensively, if teams are going to limit the amount of times Justin Herbert has the ball in his hands, you're going to have to score touchdowns on those drives. So that's definitely a great call. But, I mean, let's talk about something that has to be talked about. Joey Bosa in this game was an absolute animal, John. I mean, he couldn't be stopped. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, Daniel Popper put out that he had 10 pressures in the game on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Also gets that half of sack, even though I thought it was a full sack. 10 pressures, the most he's had in any game of his career. And as Daniel Popper puts it, basically on one leg. It definitely was on one leg. He actually tweaked his foot on one of the plays. And you could just tell it was just bothering him so bad. He had to set on the sideline. He's using the coach to like use leverage to keep pressure off of the foot. Like That foot was bothering him really bad. And he still... Goes out there and which is all after Patrick Mahomes. It kind of makes me think of the the playoff game against the Patriots that we lost when he Bosa was like Brady, stop throwing that ball so fast. He's like, well, stop getting in here so fast. I feel like like Patrick Mahomes was just telling him to stop coming in here so fast. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life, and that's with one dude really just coming from one side of the field. Like they could have planned so many things to stop him, and nothing worked. Bosa had a great day. You know, I think what helped that actually is Jerry Tillery, and that's another thing that went right in this game, is that he was a presence on the inside that was causing some pressure. So when Joey Bosa, who went crazy in this game, don't get me wrong, when he used the hand swipe, when he used a beautiful spin move to get in on Patrick Mahomes, when he was doing his thing, Jerry Tillery was also getting there too, and I think that really complemented each other in this game. 
And the thing from Jerry Tillery was just consistently throughout the game, you saw him making plays. Like you saw him, I think he ended up with two quarterback hits and four pressures according to Pro Football Focus. That's a good game for Jerry Tillery, and he still had some rough moments against the run. And you're going to have to kind of accept that at this point in his career. I mean, you obviously hope it gets better, but it feels a lot better when he is doing what he's meant to do, which is get after the quarterback. He came in to help the Chargers get pass rush on the interior. He looked like a different player on Sunday. I mean, he was consistent. He was angry out there with his moves. He was relentless with the pressure. I loved what I saw from Jerry Tillery. And I think you could throw a couple other guys in there as well. I mean, I thought Lohi Gilman had a great game. I thought Tavon Campbell, John, coming in, forcing two fumbles. Linval Joseph. Yeah, Linval Joseph I thought was pretty good too. But Tavon Campbell, I mean, getting two turnovers when you just come in there randomly, right? You haven't really played very much all season. Then you get matched up with Tyreek Hill because Brandon Staley wants somebody faster in the slot. And then you have the nice, like, tomahawk punch, right, where you have the, you know, peanut punch like Charles Tillman used to do and force a fumble that way, force another fumble and create two turnovers for your defense. Absolutely huge, but Nazir Adderley is another guy that needs to be thrown in there too because he had a huge hit on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, that was a absolute blast near the goal line that he laid down the wood on, and I just thought he had a really, really good bounce-back game for himself as well. So, you know, guys from that 2019 class, Jerry Tillery and Nazir Adderley coming up with a strong performance on Sunday. John, what else do you want to get to as far as what went right? How about the guy that uh, I mocked to the Chargers that you all called me crazy for, Mike Williams? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> you all called me crazy for it, man. You were like, we don't need a wide receiver at number seven. Well, Yeah, guess what? He they worked. passed up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in that class. It was a terrible decision at the time. Go on. Well, Deshaun and it only Watson took five is not years. playing. I mean, now, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes just got beat by the quarterback we ended up getting in the end. So uh, I think it's a good trade. And the guy that we picked over Patrick Mahomes just beat Patrick Mahomes and Mike Williams having a 100-yard game. that five years with, ago. Like with an two touchdowns. With a long of 43. He had a 43-yard reception in this game. Yeah, the Chiefs offense didn't even have a 30-yard play in this game. Mike Williams has a 43-yarder. And of those seven receptions... Only two of those didn't get to him. He had nine targets and caught seven of them. Mike Williams had probably the second best day on this team behind Justin Herbert. And that's exactly what Brandon Staley said about him, right? I mean, obviously, that's always been the hard thing about Mike Williams this season is he's going to get paid. Can you pay him based on one year of staying healthy? Hopefully, right? Knock on wood. But also just him. Stop it, Wade. Stop it. Hey, knock it off. All I'm saying is, is if he has one great season, can you make him one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL? Because that's what he's been through three weeks. I mean, flat out. He has 22 catches already. His career high is 49. He's done 22 in three weeks. His catch percentage is way higher than it's ever been. He's only had one year where his catch percentage was higher than 60%, right? This year's catch percentage is at 71%. Keenan Allen's only had three seasons where he's caught 70-plus percent of his passes that were thrown his way so like he's been absolutely monumental for the chargers this year it was absolutely crazy but and i David, think that goes to else? coaching that has to go to coaching right because mike williams is actually getting put in the right position to succeed now whereas anthony lynn didn't do that i think coaching is a big reason for this coaching is a big reason but the player is a big reason as well i mean it definitely is both things i mean the coaching though using him in the way they're using him now has been much much more effective 
no question about it. I'm going to do a couple of things here because I really want to get them out. Brandon Staley and just the incredible ing- aggressive calls in this game, yep. just refusing to give the ball back to the Chiefs and Balls going for steel. the throat. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that, that's one thing you absolutely have to talk about. You prevented Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill from beating you in this game. Yeah, Kelsey had a home for, uh, over 100 yards receiving, but no touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, five catches, 52 yards, no touchdowns. I'll take that all day long, and especially twice on Sunday. Obviously, the four turnovers. The O-line, I, we have, I have to give a shout-out to the O-line. Uh, according to PFF, there's three guys that re- got a grade over 80. Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, and Corey Lindsley all played very, very well and gave Justin Herbert a lot of time to throw the football in this one. Just a really, really good performance by the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, all those things deserve to be in there. Like That's how you know it was a good game for the Chargers because there was so much stuff that, one, we didn't even get to get into yesterday and just so many things that went right that they're not even going to all fit in the segment. I mean, we're glossing over four turnovers, right? I mean, that's one thing we have to get in. I mean, the Chargers forcing fumbles, forced three more fumbles on Sunday, get two of them back. I talked about Tavon Campbell, but... 20 points off of turnovers. 20. 20. Yeah, that was huge. Finishing those drives with touchdowns after the turnovers was absolutely huge for the Chargers. But in 2020, the Chargers only forced six fumbles. They're at seven through three games in 2021. Like, that's just a different mentality there. You can tell it's something they've been drilling. We always heard that, you know, Gus Brown, that they want to force turnovers and stuff like that. This is what it looks like when it's actually getting implemented on the field during the game, seven forced fumbles through three games to say this defense is opportunistic, right? Would be an understatement. And that's the thing. It's a flawed defense. The defensive interior has been pretty soft. You have a lot of really good players, but we've seen offenses move the ball very easily on the chargers. I think they do need to get a little bit better in the red zone, but if you can be, you know, even an average defense, right, with the players that you have, but be super opportunistic, that's almost just as good because so far they're forcing a ton of turnovers. And that we just glossed over, but obviously was a huge factor in the win for the Chargers on Sunday. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys here tomorrow. We have loved getting your guys' game reactions. We'll probably get into some of your voicemails tomorrow. So if you guys want to get on tomorrow's show, the number is 323-524-7924. I've loved hearing how you guys reacted to that big win on Sunday, or even any questions you have about Monday night football against the Las Vegas Raiders. But until then, guys, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can also find the show every day. We post the show on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, Dave Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and John Kegley on Twitter at Biggest Chargers fan. You can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can also find us on our new Lockdown Chargers Instagram page where we post the little clips of the show there every day. And you can find the show on there. And you can find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page as well. But make sure you guys check back in with us tomorrow to get into some voicemails and the latest Chargers news. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.